Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yell. Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Lawson, and a few surprises along the way. And now, Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell. Well, what was old is new again, and we are going to talk about Thrawn. We're going to talk about Bindu. We're going to talk about Ezra's haircut. We're going to talk about it all on this episode of Star Wars Rebel Yell. We're back. The Disney Vault Talk show devoted to Star Wars Rebels. My name is Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you. And for a double-sized season premiere, we have to bring in the entirety of our own personal Jedi Council. So let's uh, let's first bring in our regular co-host, ladies and gentlemen. You know her. You love her. She is the lovely, the talented, the powerful Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Maul is in the next episode. I don't even care about this one. <laughs> All right, and there we go. That's that's Teresa's that's Teresa's commentary for the night, and uh, we will we'll 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 dip back in, Teresa, as you decide you have something to say. Uh, <laughs> also with us from Bad Wolf Radio, and of course Star Wars Bookworms, Teresa's co-host over there. Uh, he's he's going to be the one that we're probably going to a lot for some Thrawn talk. We, we he and I may go down a Thrawn rabbit hole, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Goins. Hello, hello. Good to have you with us, Aaron. Been a while. It has been a while, but I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to have you. Uh, and someone else who we've not had in a long, in the words of Jar Jar, long time uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you know her as the first ever Ray cosplayer. <laughs> and uh, we're so happy to have her here with us as part of our Jedi Council. Please welcome Kay. Hello, Kay. Hello. Always, always verbose. Um, so verbose. <laughs> Someday I'll be something besides Ray too. Okay. Oh well. Uh, who? Let's see. You've also done some other cosplaying, though. I have. What else? What else have you done in the, during the old con season? You've you've become quite the cosplayer. Is it addictive? Well, I've been doing this my whole life, just not at conventions. Okay. <laughs> just around the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I really loved Halloween, but unfortunately, it was only one day a year. Hmm. So okay, all right, that's fun. That sounds like fun. Well, now, but you have been hitting up some cons. Were you at Dragon Con? I was. I should have gone to Dragon Con. <laughs> uh, did you just did you just do Ray or what? What were you doing at Dragon? No, Con? I almost didn't do Ray at all because there were so many. Yeah, I was okay. like, they don't need me. Oh. They got that covered. Yeah, but you're the original. Um, well, I did have a lot of people. Be like, are you are you wearing it? What day are you wearing it? So, and I did have a woman come up to me, and she was like, "Hey, were you the Ray from last year?" And I said, "Yeah." And she's like, "I took a photo with you, and then I went home and started working on my costume." Nice. That's got to make you feel good. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you still haven't asked answered my question. I also did um, Marion Ravenwood. Oh, cool. Um, I did Vanessa from Deadpool. Oh wow. Yeah, I have range now. I have range. I have range now. Nice. I made outside Lucasfilm property costumes. There you go. There you go. Well, you know what? Branching out. Branching out. Also with us, ladies and gentlemen, you know him as my brother from another mother. Past the corn, mile high tundra. Eric Schernevice. What's up, brother? I'm going to dress as Ray at New York Comic Con this year. Good. Triple dog dare you. I've seen several men dressed as Ray. No, uh, I, I would not. I would not do that. Too much respect for the character <laughs> and for Kay to do that. <laughs> now, are you, what about the Rancor Keeper? What's his real? What's his name that they end up giving him in the nineties? Rafiki Malakili. Malakili. What about him? Uh, just 
nobody needs to see me running around shirtless. Okay, fair enough. That's how I feel too. So I don't. That's why I don't do. I don't do cosplay. The first time I ever went to Star Wars Celebration was Celebration Three in Indianapolis, back before Episode Three, and um, I, uh, I, I we ran into some um, we we ran into some five hundred first guys, and they started asking us, "Do we do the cosplay thing?" And I said, "No, I, I don't do that." And um, he's like, "Oh, you should." I'm like, "Look at me." You ain't, I said, the only people I could cosplay as are Jabba the Hutt and the Rancor Keeper, and I'm not walking around shirtless. <laughs> and um, and he said, oh, you could do Jedi robes. I'm like, you ain't never seen a fat Jedi. And I didn't think about Porkins, though. I guess I could have done Porkins. So anyhow, well, welcome, everyone. We're glad you're here. And uh, I'm excited to talk some Rebels. Uh, real quick, let's just go around the horn uh, and get some general thoughts uh, about just overall thoughts about this first episode out of the box, out of the season, Eris, just in a nutshell, what'd you think? I'm excited for obviously Thrawn and I really dug Bendu. Bendu's a, Bendu's an interesting guy. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing more, more and more of him. Aaron, what'd you think? Uh, I loved the episode. And um, it was a little bit different than I was expecting. Yeah, but it was it was great. So oh. overall, I really liked it. I'm going to get you to expound on that difference in a minute and see if it uh, see if see if we're on the same page. K, with all your echo and stuff uh, over on that <laughs> end, what uh, what do you how do how do you feel about this episode? I liked it, and I also did not like it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting to yeah. to jump into. I'll be interested. to to get into that because i think uh, maybe we're all on the same page Teresa. we know that you are not like in this episode that you're just wanting I to get on to say that <laughs> it's just i saw the preview for the next episode and i was like hmm that might be better <laughs> um no i really like this episode actually good good so let me let me just jump back to you real quick aaron you said you liked it, but it wasn't quite what you expected? Yeah, I thought we would get more of Thrawn as much as they were like hyping that section of it up. Mm-hmm. And we really only got two scenes, one over hologram. Right. Um, and the stuff with Bendu and Kanan was a lot more of a focus than I expected. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not complaining about that. I thought that was really cool. But it was definitely more of a focus on that and kind of uh, Ezra as the new leader, then I thought we would get. I thought we'd get more with Thrawn. Yeah, it um, I, based on the hype at the beginning of the season, I really expected a very strong, just out of the gate, blow your mind kind of season opener, as we've seen in the past. And it felt like what we got more was a lot of exposition and setup. Kay, is that kind of where you're at? Is that the the like it but didn't like it situation? Not exactly. Okay. What you got? Do you want me to expand? Okay. I sure do. Um, I I I like the Bendu stuff. I like the Force philosophy mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it was more, it I was less Thrawn than I was expecting, but I'm not surprised after watching it what they did. Um, they're just making him like quiet talker, and he hasn't pounced yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just imagine that everyone has to keep walking really close to him to hear him, and yeah. then they're more uncomfortable because they're in his space bubble. <laughs> quiet talking Thrawn. I don't know. He's, to me, I don't know if it was quiet talker so much as just very measured, and yeah. and that almost brings a certain sinister aspect to him. Yeah, because it'll make it a lot scarier if he did yell. Right. Because he's been so quiet. Exactly. Exactly. Erish. Um, well, let's talk real quick. Let's just let's talk Ezra. Ezra's in the or, or Teresa. Let's talk Ezra. Let me start with you, Teresa. Well, let's talk some Ezra because Ezra is in the spotlight. He's the leader now, or he's he's taking on more leadership roles. And we see this kid, and and I'm bringing you in, Teresa, because I know how much you like the dark side, folks. And, oh, I thought we were gonna say because I'm the child. <laughs> no, 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 because he's he is so he's headed down apparently this dark path and he's getting very aggressive. He walked a, a, a not an ATST, they're ATDPs or something right off the ledge and stuff. 
What are you what are you thinking of Ezra? Well, it was interesting as I watched it initially and I've watched it again, I was just like, "Holy crap. What are you doing, dude?" And then the way he talked to Kanan and the way he was talking to Hera and I was just like, "Okay, this Sith holocron is doing really bad things for him." And so I just sort of I don't know. It was weird. I don't like seeing Ezra like that for sure. And it was a little bit on the disturbing side. Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about him because I know whatever he's going to turn into, he's going to turn into. But he no. did have a little bit of a very Lord of the Rings thing going on. Did you say snow gears? Yeah. Ares, all right, so here we go. Let it play. Here we go. The Snoke theories begin. Ares, I thought we you, but you started the the Ezra Snoke thing. Did I? Yeah, you 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 <laughs> on a rebel yell last year. You're like, I'm gonna say something that's gonna upset Ares. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm... I actually think Bendu is Snoke, but nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Because he's all excited to get the holocron. He's like, ooh, nice. Yeah, shiny. <laughs> um, I thought we decided, though, on a different episode of something that it was uh, Bib Fortuna's Snoke. Oh, I could buy that. Okay. <laughs> no, we did. We talked about it. <laughs> I don't remember that. We did, because then we tweeted. I think we, we've just gone through so many this person is Snoke right. theories. I think at one point Marty McFly was going to be Snoke. He might be. <laughs> Marty, it's terrible. It's your children and you, your Snoke. Um, <laughs> well, it, I don't know. It seemed almost Brady Bunchish, Aaron, that by the end, uh, Ezra and Kanan were all buddy buddy again. And, you know, but I can't help but hear Yoda's words once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny? Yeah, I. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because in the previews for this in these episodes, they were really kind of teasing the idea that Ezra was going to possibly go dark. And you start to see at the very beginning of the episode, you see the seeds of that. You see him kind of messing around with the holocron and some evil Sith like lady is talking to him through the holocron. And you're thinking, man, this is going to be this thread that's going to go all throughout the season. And it's going to you know culminate in him you know having some major turn to the dark side. And I felt like they really wrapped it up by the end of one episode, or I guess two episodes. Um, you know, he, they don't have the holocron anymore. He's like all buddy-buddy with Kanan, and they're like, you know, best friends again, instead of it being this longer storyline that I expected. I mean, maybe it'll come back, but for now it felt like uh, they, they tied it up in a nice little bow, like mm-hmm. you said, Brady Bunch. Yeah, it's uh, it's I don't I mean I obviously we've got a whole season to go, but I guess my question then is, do you think Ezra was just kind of faking? Is he just kind of appeasing Kanan? Is he just glad to have Kanan back on board? Or uh, I don't know. He's just glad not to die. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Even though we lost the Phantom in all of this, he doesn't care. He does. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Go ahead, Teresa. Go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to mention Ezra's kill count. He had, uh, on the second viewing, I went through and uh, counted his kills at the beginning of the episode. And he had eight kills within the first, like, four minutes of the episode. They were just flat-out murdering stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I I mean, just, even Zeb just threw one right off of that walkway. And how come there's never any railings on these walkways? Well... (laughs) Well, Eris, you you have you you're in a better position to start getting the answer to that crap than we are. <laughs> we do. We're going to do a whole book about just why there's no railings in in the canon now. Imperial architecture. Who yeah. Knows? What? Yeah. It's it's this idea, I guess, of just being dangerous and deadly. I there is no railing. Um, there was a little bit of railing in the Death Star too, you know, because Vader had to pick the Emperor up and throw him over it. <laughs> the only place there was a railing. That's right. <laughs> By the time they built the second Death Star, they learned that they needed to start putting railings in. Yeah, but then they turn around and make that huge catwalk that uh, Kylo's out on with Han. Clearly, they lost the plans. Well, that's the first order. That's the first. Oh, wait. 
Steve, since you just brought that up with Han and Kylo, mm-hmm. do you remember on our last episode of All Talk, we talked about the three things you cannot do in a Disney movie? Yeah. One of those things happened in that movie. Oh, yeah, he got impaled. Yeah. So does that not apply to Star Wars movies? or? I, I guess not. When you guys started talking about Snoke, I was trying to say that like he kept asking about the holocron towards the end, which was very... Well, not really Gollum, but kind of Bilbo-ish of him. <laughs> well, you know, and Filoni has made connections already, like with the Ahsoka stuff, to, to some Lord of the Rings things. And so that could be there. I mean, that, that could be the idea that he's gotten this thing and he's gotten addicted to that dark side power. And, and he feels like he needs that now as almost a totem. Well, we know I, they're going to go back for the holocron, right? Do we know that? Do we know, know that? that yet. Based on the preview for the next episode, mm-hmm. I believe they showed um, they need the holocron for something. Um, yeah, for so Maul, or he's going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to go back and get it. Well, I just I think that this thing with Ezra like flirting with the dark side is going to continue throughout the season. I don't think it's as closed off at the end of this episode as, as you guys thought it might be. No, I don't think it's closed off. My mom made a good point. He had a couple of lines when, during the episode that made him sound very Anakin ish. Oh yeah. So (laughs) well, when, when she took his command away, he definitely reacted very Anakin ish. And when he was throwing that fit, when they, the mission was going to change, and he's like, I'm in charge. Do what I say. And I was yeah. like, oh, wow, that's so Anakin right there. Yeah, I definitely saw shades of Anakin, but I also just saw immaturity. Yeah. yeah. Which is hand-in-hand hand with Anakin. Sure. Well, fair enough. I was thinking Attack of the Clones Anakin mainly, yes. but kind of yeah. where yes. he kind of throws fits when he doesn't get his way. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're holding me back. Yeah. Back up off my movie, y'all. She's, back up. It's Obi-Wan's body. He's holding me back. <laughs> uh, um, well, my problem with Ezra was the fact that they promoted him. Right. <laughs> like, there's that opening mission, which he did not do a very good job on. And then Hera was like, oh, you you know, as leader of the mission, you need to get all your details right. And he did not. He got someone killed. And then he went and did his dark side thing. And then they were like, next scene, oh, here's your promotion, Ezra. Here's You're in charge of the next mission. I was like, what? But his dark side thing allowed them to complete the mission. Like, yeah, they didn't. But that's not what they were disappointed in him but, about. And they didn't see that as necessarily him doing a dark side thing. They nope. said that he used this Jedi mind trick. Yeah, but Harris said that he didn't have his de- all his details down. He didn't know there was a second prisoner. Right. Right. Yeah, he had he was missing details that they needed for the mission to be successful. It ended up being successful anyway kind of so you know so he thought it was fine and then they were like here's your promotion now you're in charge of another mission right see but i think the problem is is we're dealing with these military people who don't really understand the force they don't understand that the mission was really not a success because of a bunch of the things that he did did they get hondo and make it back okay yes but he walked a walker yeah. off of the thing i mean he killed all of these people it, that was not a successful mission in my eyes well and two because was you know the more but we've it was learned, sorry the more we've learned about stormtroopers and you know the idea that not everybody is a stormtrooper because they 100 percent believe what the empire is fighting for and he just made that guy kill his friends pretty much and then die a horrible death okay but but those stormtroopers were shooting at them. They were trying to kill them. But normally in so, the past, they just disable them somehow or knock them yeah, out. Yeah, but I think that it, that's showing that's showing how this is all escalating yeah. for them too. And let's also remember that this is just a small group. You, you know, they're they're small little. You know, it's not this big rebellion that we kind of think it is. I think one of the things that we're starting to see in, in rebels and especially in rebels is that the rebellion isn't really the rebellion yet. It's just these small little groups that are starting to connect together. So there's maybe 
30, 40, 50 people, maybe a few more than that. So, you know, the, the, the chance for improvement to have to, to, to promote Ezra so that he's commanding missions, it might be a necessity for them also. I also wonder if it's like there's a little bit of Clone Wars history in there. You know, they had Jedi leading troops, so they figure, oh, he's a Jedi in training. He can totally... Yeah. Well, that brings me that brings me to to a question I have because Teresa said, you know, these military people don't really know about the force. They're not all well versed in that, and that's true. But how many of these rebels are actually legit military people and not just, you know, don't just come up through the ranks of some militia somewhere? I mean, you've got Zeb, you got Rex. Yeah. And, you know, well, it, I think I think Sato is. Mhm. I mean, he uh, carries himself like he is, but you know, at at the end of the day, the whole idea of this, you know, this band of rebels that you know that eventually becomes this rebel alliance, is that, you know, some of them are military people who defected from the empire. Some of them are just people who decided to train and join up with the rebels because they hate the empire, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's very much a. a, a desperate times calls for desperate measures kind of situation and so to have someone fast-tracked on a on a mission and i don't know that the mission was unsuccessful you know they got the information they wanted um they lost an ugnot sure but they never knew there was an ugnot to begin with so and it was the ugnot's own fault right (laughs) it was it wasn't a fault of ezra or any of the rest of the team that ugnot just ran ahead on his own stupid pig so He's baking now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so now let me ask you this, just around, just to go around the horn real quick, yes or no. Uh, do we think Ezra's going to go full dark side, Erish? No. Aaron? No, I don't think he will. Okay. Probably not. Teresa? Yep. <laughs> now, is that what you no, want? Is that what you want him to do? I mean, I think most people are saying... That- no, I think most people are saying no because they don't want him to or because they think, oh, there's so many people when it comes to Star Wars that they really do believe in the redemption story. And I think it's true to an extent, but I'm not one of those people. And he's not going to make it into the rest of the the Star Wars stuff. We already know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm viewing this as the downfall of Ezra. Okay. All right. But I think that if he does, then he's really mirroring Anakin's story. I think they have to do something different so it's not the exact same thing. I agree with that. Uh, and, I think I agree with that. And, and I think there, there's a possibility that he might kind of walk like in the gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's something that we haven't really seen in Star Wars is that character who you know the, and we can get into this when we get to Bendu but this character that isn't light side or dark side, but he's able to kind of walk that fine line between the two. Well, that might be Ezra. Well, and here's the thing that takes, look, let's talk about that. That's a good segue into Bindu because this is my question. Then Bindu says, you know, and he invokes the names of the Ashla. And what was the other one? The Bogan, the Bogan. I thought that was the lizard that, um, Obi-Wan rode in revenge of the Sith. What was that thing called? Her name was her. She's a Varactyl. Was a Varactyl. Her name is yeah. Boga. Her name is Boga. Okay. Um, so but any the Ashla and the Bogan is that from that Dark Horse comic? Which one is that? Um, Dawn of the Jedi. Dawn of the Jedi. Okay. Thank you. I didn't read that. Which it, that's the terminology I believe that Lucas came up with originally for the Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and to that's describe the light from. side and the dark side before there were Jedi and Sith. Okay, right. there's okay. Well, we'll get there in a second. But now Bindu says, you know that that's what the Sith and the Jedi are all about. But he's neither. He's in the middle. And my question is kind of twofold here. And 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 Aaron, I'll start with you. What does that mean to walk in the middle? Because it seems easy to say in theory, but I can't see how it's easily executable from a storytelling standpoint. I feel like we're kind of getting back into the area that they were treading with the Mortis trilogy, mm-hmm. yeah. where you have these characters that are almost um, projections of the different sides of the Force. 
And it was kind of hard to tell, like, were these actual physical beings? Were they just visions? And I feel like the Bendu is, is similar to that, where he is a representation of the center of the force, but not actually an individual that is using the force, if you know what I mean. So I, I just, I feel like there's a lot of this, this mystery that's still going to surround him. Um, I don't think there's like this group of, of uh, force users that have mastered the ability to walk in the middle. I think he is just almost like a, kind of a, an avatar um, of the middle of the force. I think Maz Kanata is also very similar. I think, I think that this might be something we're going to start seeing a lot more is these, these characters who inhabit the galaxy who have connections to the force. Because, I mean, supposedly the force connects and binds everything. So it would make sense that there are other characters, there are other beings, other things out there that have connections to the Force, but aren't necessarily light side or dark side. That maybe the light side and the dark side are the extremes of using the Force. And the Bendu and characters who are able to just exist with it are more the norm. Hmm. And we know the dangers that the Jedi, like their philosophy of going so far one direction, obviously didn't work out very well. And the Sith are so destructive because they go the other direction. So I think the perfect balance is to try to to walk that middle. And there's just not a a group right now in the galaxy, at least in the time that we're viewing here, that is, is making that kind of the goal. It's like you have Jedi, you have Sith, but you you don't have anyone that's trying to inhabit the center. And Bendu, I like the idea you guys you were talking about of Ezra kind of becoming that eventually because maybe that's the whole reason why they introduced Bendu into this scenario so he can show some of these force users like hey you guys are doing it all wrong. But okay, but here's my here's my issue with that or here's where I'll push back on that a little bit is that you know Eris brings up Maz Kanata. We're looking at this character Bendu, both very old and have a certain amount of wisdom about them. You know, Ezra's a teenager who we've... I don't know. I don't see that being the end result for Ezra, I guess. I don't feel like he's got the wisdom to pull that off. I don't know that he's got the the lifespan to pull that off, um, to be that. Well, it might be, depending on, on what they do with Maul this season, it could be... Uh, Ezra becomes sort of this rubber band that's pulled back and forth between Kanan and Maul. You know, Maul pulling him to the dark side, Kanan trying to pull him back to the light side, and, you know, he's kind of caught in the middle in that gray area between them, and he's learning a little bit from the dark side, he's learning a little bit from the light side. It could be an interesting path for them to take with with Ezra. I also think the Bendu path could be that, like, wasn't there something in Legends like there is no light side or dark side? There's just oh the force. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and that that kind of like there's like this is the proper use for of the force in this situation, like not concerning with whether it's a light or dark thing. Yeah, but I don't I don't know that I buy that. I I don't know that I buy. I just I I'm I'm so. It, it, what's so ingrained in me from, you know, just Return of the Jedi <laughs> in my life for as long as it's been in my life it, is that, you know, the light is good, the dark is evil, yeah. and, and the light has to win out over the dark. And, and, and I feel like what we saw in the prequels was, you know, Aaron, you mentioned the Jedi went too far the one way. The Jedi acted from a place of fear. They acted from a place of the fear of the dark side, and so they went to all these extremes to prevent the followers of the Jedi from from going to the dark side, and thus they end up pushing the chosen one in that direction, in a sense. And but I don't think that that taints the Force, and and I think when you're talking about the Force, that it is a I do believe that it's a bigger concept than Jedi and Sith. 
and I and I but I don't think that means you're walking the middle. Like I look at Bindu and I don't see someone who's walking the middle between good and evil. I see someone who's achieved a higher consciousness of what it is to be in touch with the force. It, does that make sense, Teresa, or am I just rambling? No, I think it makes sense. Y'all are bringing up a lot of things that are making me think very hard. <laughs> and my brain is kind of hurting. Um, I don't know. I, I've i always loved that theory of... It, it kind of goes back to Dawn of the Jedi where there was just the Force and there was no concept of light and dark. It was just a bunch of Force users. And it's like they had to put a structure on it so they made you know, the Sith and the Jedi. And it wasn't like that originally. And I think that sometimes when you get factions, just like in political parties, for example, you get the extremists and then you get the ones that are there in the middle and end up being independents. Um, <laughs> that have no idea who they're going to vote for. Um, which is scary because if they don't vote, then it's just scary. Anyway, all whole other time. <laughs> But that's just what it gets me thinking of is like, you know, what is our reality of that today? And it's kind of like our political system, you know. Wanna, so I don't know. I want to bring up Daniel and Indy, who always, regardless of how silly he can get sometimes, and I'm calling him out on that, will make some great points sometimes when it comes to Star Wars. He he thinks really cool about Star Wars. And this is what he says in the chat. He says, I like how Bindu presents to Kanan that what we do with the Force is not some sort of destiny, light or dark. You have a choice. Certain actions make you more susceptible to the light or dark, but you make a choice, not some predetermined path. He says, I feel like this is at the heart of the Star Wars saga. On one hand, you have Anakin, who's told all of his life uh, he is the one of destiny. Uh, this ends in disaster. However, Luke, you have someone that rejects his destiny from both sides. He won't fulfill the destiny the Jedi lay out for him to kill Vader, and he won't listen to the Emperor's talk and Vader telling him it's his destiny to, to join them. Um, and so Luke ends up being someone who makes the choice to reject destiny and choose a higher way than even the Jedi or the Sith had. And that was to look for the redemption of his father. Um, and and he says he says I feel like Luke is is kind of the is kind of like Bindu at the end of Return of the Jedi, and I and I kind of forgot about that conversation, you know, in, in trying to think higher thoughts about Bindu, he does have that that talk with Kanan that it really comes down to choice, and and what you do with the Force, and and I feel like that gets left out sometimes. Um, well, and you know, well, it's funny that you're bringing up choice because that's very much Ahsoka story. She makes a choice. And obviously she gets pushed in a certain direction, but she chooses something else for herself. And we see at the end of season two, you know, I still don't think she died, but she definitely made a choice. And who knows? Maybe she's Bindu. Maybe. <laughs> okay. So we've got Ezra is Snoke. Ahsoka is Bindu. Anyone else want to throw <laughs> something out there? That'll be fun. That'll, let's... <laughs> The theory that Teresa put out will blow your mind and change the way you see Star Wars forever. Click here. Um, She's that. Isn't there something to do with that little owl creature? I forget what they're called. Well, convoy, convoyees, come something. And didn't one of those land on him while he was talking on the Bindu? Yeah, and they showed one mm -hmm. when when yeah. Kanan was first walking with his spider repellent stick. Mm -hmm. They, <laughs> his they bat, showed one of those. His things, bat too. spider repellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Kanan have little crab friends, which I think is fun. <laughs> that was so Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> now, let's talk about that moment where Kanan walks past those spider creatures, because this is something that, you know, Ezra, who was it was established throughout season one and two, he could talk to critters and he could not communicate with these spider critters. But Ezra reaches a point at, under the Bindu's guidance. Is it the Bindu or is his name just Bindu? I think his name is Bindu. Okay. Under Bindu's guidance where... You mean Kanan, not Ezra, right? I'm sorry, yes. Kanan, yeah, okay. you know, yeah. Well, see, we'd seen Ezra do all the talking to critters and then he couldn't. Someone who was skilled in the talking to the critters couldn't talk to these critters. But Kanan, who we never really see skilled in talking to the critters, um, is able to walk through them unscathed. Uh, as a blind man. Um, he doesn't talk to them, though. He understands them. Yeah. And it was all about the fear, right? We have... Yeah, yeah they were... They The spiders were 
were seeing him as a threat and thus acting aggressive towards him. But once he realized that it was his fear and anger that the spiders were reading, he was able to control it and then walk amongst them. Which makes sense why Ezra wouldn't be able to accomplish that. Because yeah. <laughs> Ezra's just... He's still got all that fear and fear anger, and inside, anger of inside of him. Right. Wow, you guys, I didn't realize that was what was happening. That's amazing. That was Bendu's lesson to him. That was. being able to see. Right, right, right. And and then once he saw that, he's like, oh, now your sight has returned. <laughs> or whatever. Hey, can we talk about exactly. how awesome Tom Baker was in that? Oh, good. Role? I just loved that whole character. The voice, the look of him, the wisdom coming from him. But there's also like a certain... There's something about him that I don't necessarily trust, too. Like, when he gets... When when he's given the holocron, like, you know, it's... I, I don't know. Is he gonna, like, use this for evil? Or... I don't know. I'm not quite trusting him, but I love him. I definitely want to see more. In the preview that you're talking about, was this the preview that was on Disney XD, like, at the end of the episode? For next week? Yeah. Okay. It, so, they've got to go back to him and get the holocron, or Maul's... Or Maul is going to kill somebody? No, he has. I think he has the girls hostage. Yeah. By the girls, do you mean like. you mean Ezra and Hera, Sabine? I mean Hera uh, and Sabine. Sabine. Ezra's not a girl. <laughs> okay, so he's going to kill them if they don't get the holocron. See, I can see Bendu just not giving him the holocron back. Yeah. You know, kind of being like, you don't need this. I could, or I could see him just like, I don't want this. Or, yeah, that, take yeah. either way, either or. Now, was Maul dressed in his uh, frat boy t-shirt look? Well, I don't think I don't we remember. saw that much of him. We just saw, okay. we saw his Yeah, I think you see like his face. Because we, we, we saw those previews from Celebration, I think it was, where he's wearing like this weird tennis shirt looking thing. It looks like he's, you know, he's he's pledged some... Played some frat at Harvard or something. He made his own fraternity. That's yeah, what he's been doing in that downtime between seasons. Yeah, he looks like a reject from the movie The Social Network. Hey, hey, you watch your mouth. I'm just telling you, he's dressed weird. There's no rejects happening when it comes to this guy. So- <laughs> <laughs> Anything's better than spider legs. Mm. Yeah, well, you yeah. know what? Those spider legs were kind of cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool concept when it happened. There's just no version spider of the legs were not able to get me to say cool. no to. Sorry. Spider legs are absolutely not cool. Are you, Because they freaked you out? No, it was just like, what? It was also why like, why? Have a spider bug. Yeah, I'm with you, Irish. <laughs> but the spiders that were in this episode, how creepy was that when Kanan actually put his hand on one of them? Yeah. That like, was ugh. cool. I just don't like spiders and just that when you realize how close he was to that thing, it really, I got the, well, it had uh, the tiniest mouth. Mm-hmm. That thing had a beak you. on it. It's like Aragog, you know, this, you just need a Hagrid and everything's fine. You know what? We'll drop you in the middle of like five of them and we'll see how you feel. I will channel my force Personally, and not I, show them I my fear. Be anywhere near be them. Okay. Well, last season it, it killed someone. So. Yeah, they they yeah. would web them up and like suck them dry. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix. I'll just take a pilots. bunch of those little crab things with me. They're little. They're more like snail things, aren't they? I don't know what they are. Just here, have one. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's move on then. We I, I don't I, I'm I'm interested to see more of Bindu throughout the season, and I hope we do get to spend a lot more time with him. Um. I like him too. I'm like you, Erish. I like the design. I like the look of him. I like I like the way he talks. I like the way he sounds. I, I think it's I think it's good stuff. Um, so I, we got to talk about Thrawn and and Aaron. I'm going to throw it to you because Teresa, did you ever read those books? Yeah. No, I'm not going to read them until after we see how they're introducing Thrawn with okay. Rebels. All right. Um, Aaron, let me start with you then, sir. <laughs> How'd you feel about the end? We know how Kay felt. She thought that you he was a low talker, which meant you had to be a close talker, and that makes us all uncomfortable. But uh, how'd you feel about Thrawn as far as the introduction we got in this first episode? He was what I would expect Thrawn to be in, you know, in this form. Like, I, he is a good representation of Thrawn in canon taken from Legends. Mm-hmm. I, he's what I expected as far as 
He's a strategic, a strategic leader. Um, he sees the bigger picture like a lot of the other officers don't. And even though we didn't get a lot of time with him, you can already tell that he's kind of he's going to up the game. Um, so I, I thought it was a good introduction to the character, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see how much they really use him, um, or is he going to be kind of one of these that kind of only shows up in a couple episodes and then they defeat him. Yeah. But Aaron, really quick, because you actually were at Dragon Con with Timothy's on. So you heard him talk a little bit about Thrawn. So did that change any of the way that you saw him in this episode versus what you knew of Thrawn prior? Um, not really based on anything that Timothy Zahn said. I don't know if Kay was in any of those panels. I was, um, I was at the same convention as UK, and we did not cross no, paths. There were several um, people. I did not see lots of people at Dragon Con. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he, he, like, Zahn was focused more on kind of the novel and, and you know, how he's going about writing the novel. I thought some of the things he said in, were interesting as far as, even though it is canon versus legends, he still felt like he was writing the same character and didn't really change anything about the way he was writing Thrawn, which I thought was cool. But um, he didn't really say anything that affected my thoughts on the show. Um, yeah, so to answer your question. When is when does that novel come out? Do we know, Irish? Have the, April. April, okay. Comes out the week of celebration. Oh, good. Which is why I'm calling it thrawn abration. No. <laughs> <laughs> celebration thrawn Celebrathron. Celebrathron. Hashtag What's that? There'll be so many thrones there. There will be. Last year there was a throne at Dragon Con, and that was before any of this. And this year there were several more. Well, Erish. They keep growing. Yes. Well, it's kind of like it's it's a rebirth in a way. Erish. Yeah. um, Talk about why it's a big deal that Thrawn is back. Because you were there in the 90s. You, You remember the heir to the empire. I think it's a big deal because I think that in a lot of ways, in terms of the villains in Star Wars, Thrawn is definitely up there with Sidious and Vader. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think, you know, if you were going to have a trio, I think it would be hard to argue against him being the third one in that trio. He's just, and and part of the thing that's so fascinating about him is that he is so different from the other two. He is just so meticulous and calculating and sees, you know, and yes, Palpatine saw the big picture and was meticulous and calculating too, but he had the force to aid him. Whereas Thrawn is, you know, just this completely different kind of character. Um, and Palpatine. I think Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I think Palpatine is more manipulative, and Thrawn is more like, no, I understand how you work. I'm just going to sit back and let you walk into this hole. Yeah. Um, and I think that also, through the EU, the, those books became so beloved. The same way people connect to the original trilogy mm-hmm. or people connect to the prequel trilogy now there were so many fans who for them their trilogy was the Thrawn trilogy or is the Thrawn trilogy and so to now bring that character to life in the animated series is just it's really exciting Mm -hmm. and especially after you know everything happened with the canon and the EU books are going to be legends and stuff. You know, a lot of people felt like we might not ever see this character again. And to, to bring him back and to bring him back with his creator, Timothy Zahn, involved, um, I just think is really exciting for for old fans, new fans, and fans to come. Because mm-hmm. I think he's going to – and they're bringing him in at the right time. Yeah. In the, in the Rebels Recon video, they mentioned that they've been talking about bringing Thrawn in since season one. And they they didn't do it because the timing wasn't right. He was too big a character. The Rebels team was too small to involve him. Now's the right time to bring a character like him in. And I think he's just a perfect choice to step in and be this overarching uh, villain for this season and hopefully more seasons to come. Kate, have you read the Thrawn trilogy? I have. Okay. Um, 
so I, Teresa and I, I don't want to leave you out of the conversation, but I, I have this question because Ayers, you, you made a great point that this, that trilogy in particular is so beloved by people, especially those of us who were there, you know, in its initial release and everything. Episode seven, eight, nine. That's how a lot of us looked at them. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, my question is knowing what came after, and I'm talking everything from Truset Bakura right on through the New Jedi Order and beyond. Could could there have been any other trilogy of books or any other novel that would have as effectively, you know, even like a Shadows of the Empire, as effectively reintroduced Star Wars in the way that that trilogy did? Aaron? No. Okay. No. Irish? Um, I don't think so. Simply because that trilogy, more than just Thrawn, introduced so many other elements mm-hmm. that became like the foundation for the EU the yeah. next 20 years. Yeah. 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 It was, it to me, it, it, I, and I remember, I remember where I was the first time I saw Air of the Empire on a bookshelf. I remember reading it. It's one of the first books in my life I ever read through twice. Um, I remember, you know, how, where I was when I picked up uh, Dark Force Rising, The Last Command, you know, and, and I remember just being captivated. And, and there was a, there was a quote on, on the dust jacket of, of Air of the Empire, and I forget who it was by, but they said, you can hear John Williams' music playing as you read this. And I could, right down to the way Thrawn opened up Air to the Empire. You know, basically the camera panning down to a Star Destroyer. And, and I do, I hold that trilogy of novels in such high regard that it is, to me, it's an amazing, awesome thing that we've got Thrawn back. And, 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 and to have him introduced in a show that I've come to love so much over the past couple of years is just really, really exciting to me. And I also want to mention this. Daniel and Andy says, let's get this trending on Twitter. Hashtag Thrawn is Snoke. Um, <laughs> you no. didn't even ask me. No. No. Well, Teresa, no, you no, didn't no. read that. You haven't read those books. But I still have an opinion. Okay, well, what's your opinion on that, Teresa? I mean, I'm a part of the EU and the fact that I've read a lot of other stuff, mm-hmm. but I know how important those books are to the Star Wars universe versus if you haven't read them, you just hear about them all the time. That and the X-Wing series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hear yeah. about those all the time. And even if you're a mild Star Wars fan, you've heard people talking about the Thrawn trilogy or Heir to the Empire. So... I don't think that there's any other book series of books that anybody would ever, you know, say would hold the same value as the Thrawn trilogy. So in that sense, and then also there's no other trilogy or series of books that anybody looks at you at because you haven't read it like you're psychotic Um, (laughs) like that one. You know, they don't look at you like you're crazy if you say I haven't read the Bane trilogy, you know. They just look at you like you're crazy for this one. So from personal experience, Mm -hmm. I know um, because of how people treat me when it comes to it. But I'm just as excited for Thrawn as you guys. It's just that I am taking my introduction to Thrawn through a different, I guess, like path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, it's it's interesting, Teresa, and I'm going to put her on the spot. But your mother, Mama Lowe, actually texted me during celebration and said, What's the big deal about this Thrawn guy? And I literally, I texted her back and tried to explain it in text, but I almost called her and just told her the whole story. Like, well, <laughs> let me tell you what happened with this guy. <laughs> yeah, because my mom hasn't read him either. Now, you know, I do have the books, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I made a decision and the decision happened when we were we were recording Fangirls Going Rogue maybe about two months ago or so. And I was originally going to read them before Rebel started. And then I started thinking about it and I said, you know, you know what? I'm in a really unique place because I haven't read them that I can look at it as Thrawn from Rebels first Mm -hmm. and give my opinions based on that. And then I can go back and read and see how the two characters are the same and how they're different. 
versus having a preconceived notion of Thrawn. So I'm I, getting to do the opposite. I think that what you'll find is that the character is the same. It's just the stories that are a little bit different. Right, right. Because Simply because the, the Thrawn trilogy takes place after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one thing, too. Even just the notion, like when the whole Legends and Canon cutoff happened, and then obviously all the conversations started, like, well, what would you think if they did bring a Legends character into the Canon? Like, would you want to see that? Would you rather them just leave it alone? And I know initially I was like, I kind of want them to leave these characters alone. Um, but then the more I started to miss these characters, I was like, okay, I don't care. Just bring them into Canon no matter like what form and they've done it a couple times now and even with like the witches of dathomir you know that was an originally a legends thing mm-hmm. and they brought the concept into the clone wars although they changed a lot of the details um same with quinlan voss you know that character in the comics is completely like night and day different from how he acts in the clone wars and so when i heard thrawn was coming back i was like oh, i'm a little nervous just because I don't know how they're going to represent him. Is he going to be one of those things where they're just using a guy with blue skin, but they give him a whole different personality? But I'm really happy to see that, at least just from the first impression, it looks like they really are sticking to the way that he was portrayed in the novels. Um, you know, the story is going to be different. Obviously, the timing is different. But the character, like Erish said, seems to be pretty much spot on, down to the fact that. He's like figuring out their plans based on, you know, what planet they were on and who they talked to. And he's kind of like the Sherlock Holmes, you know, of the Star Wars galaxy, which is the way Timothy Zahn always described. <laughs> we, you know, we, ca- we, we call him Blue Sherlock in the office. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> so it's, it seems like they've nailed him. Like they got yeah. it. They got it right. So I, I just want to see more. Well, you can't forget the Filoni and company are first and foremost fans. And, and they were there, you know, when, when this... They what, wouldn't have brought Tim out to Lucasfilm to tell him in person that they were bringing this character back if they weren't going to truly bring the character right, back. Right. So that's that's exciting. And Ayers, we know you can't say much, and we don't, you know, we don't want to get you in trouble with anybody. But we're just looking forward to April. How about that? It's one. Uh, of, I can't wait. For, I've read the first draft and absolutely loved it, and it's only going to get better. It's one of the it's one of the first books in in a while since the new canon has come in that i'm genuinely like mega excited about yeah um, so are we yeah so, so are we. It's, it's gonna be good it's it's i'm i'm really looking forward to it and uh, actually tim is gonna be at new york comic-con in a couple weeks oh yeah is he gonna be yep. over at the booth he'll be at the booth yeah he actually wrote a starcraft novel for us oh cool okay that uh publishes in uh about five weeks i believe but he'll be there promoting that and also promoting thrawn cool all right well uh before we wrap everything up there is one other thing to talk about it's more behind the scenes stuff wait can i just say one yes, thing real quick please about do. thrawn yes how freaking cool was that transition shot where it just faded to his eyes and then the <laughs> planet below oh my gosh i absolutely loved that it was so creepy and cool and awesome this whole episode kind of had a creepy vibe to it. Um, th- there was there was a lot of just in different places, just a lot of kind of rumbly music that wasn't you know it was more like just kind of almost noise like that, like you have in a horror film where it's just kind of like hmm, you know that kind of thing, and you're just like, what is going on? And uh, and then when the action would ramp up, of course the music would, but it just seemed it it all seemed to have kind of a vibe to it, like we're headed down a path. You know that the, the title of the episode is steps into shadow and it really felt that way to me um well before we wrap up one thing like i said behind the scenes we're, we're going to talk about i saw this article i saw an article about this uh yesterday afternoon and at first my heart kind of sank because i'm like oh no what are they doing and uh dave filoni you'll notice in the credits is not listed as the supervising director rather justin ridge is listed as the supervising director of Star Wars Rebels this season. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have they done? What have they done? Um, but it was quickly pointed out uh, after after this article, after an article broke, um, that, and, and I believe it was even Pablo tweeted, that it's not a matter of Filoni stepping down, it's a matter of Ridge stepping up. 
And Filoni is becoming, in essence, the George Lucas of animation, which to me is great news. It also makes sense, you know, that they should probably train some other people, mm-hmm. not 100% depend on Filoni to run everything. Right. Especially mm-hmm. if they want to expand and have more animated shows. Yeah, they're, the second update on this article from an official Lucasfilm spokesperson said that in many ways, mentoring Justin and moving him into the role as supervising director has made it possible for Dave to be even more immersed in the writing and story structure of the show, as well as creatively overseeing future animation development. New show, new show, new show. I'm banking on a post-Jedi show where Ahsoka comes and meets Luke. <laughs> that's that's what I'm calling. Is is Luke is going to get to meet Ahsoka, and and find out a lot of good things about Anakin that he never really knew. So, and and we'll begin to and we'll see some of that fall of what happened with him and the and the Jedi he was training and such as. That's just my personal call on that. We'll see what happens, and um, as time rolls on. So, uh, well, guys, uh. Real quick, we'll just go around, and if there's anything we've missed or something you want to throw in there, uh, give some final thoughts. Uh, Kay, hit us up. What you Bendu got? Bendu is awesome. I want more Bendu, and Price looks like uh, Kate Blanchett's character from Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. She does! Oh, my gosh! Exactly. All she needs is, like, a bad Russian accent. Yeah, I was like, oh, she doesn't have the accent. Slightly oh. disappointed. And and to think she's psychic too, that'd be great. Maybe <laughs> that's why she's like trust thought thrown. I've been inside his head. <laughs> I think that's I'd have great. a scene where she just has like a crystal alien skull on her desk. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, please make it happen, gods of Star or Wars. Or a scene with lots of little ants. Oh, that is true. I did not even think about that, but that's awesome. Um. So, uh, Aaron, final thoughts? Anything we missed? Uh, we didn't get to talk about the style changes for the characters. I think oh, Kanan looks true. pretty cool with the beard. I wish he got rid of the ponytail. Yes. Um, oh, I like the ponytail. I'm like glad that he look. does. Yeah, he he does. He looks awesome. Uh, I'm glad that he doesn't have to wear the mask thing anymore. Um, I was I was afraid that was going to last for a while, but it seems like he's already gotten rid of that. No, he uh, was wearing no, he it, it at the on. end. Did he put it back on? Yeah, yeah it it's a on. little bulky, isn't it? It's a little cheaper for animation that way. That's true. Is it how does it how does it stay on? Is it magnets? But, I don't but know. They're at like... somebody whose eyes have been gouged out. Well, they're not. They're just like kind of clear. But he's got some cool scarring. I don't know. I thought it looked better without it. Maybe but, he holds it on with the force. Yeah, but Zeb looks cool with the sleeveless look now and all the stripes on his arms. That's pretty cool. I think Sabine's hair looks better than it's ever looked. Agreed. Um. Yeah, across the board, I think just the new looks for the characters. And I, I even think it's Except an improvement for Ezra. for Ezra. I think it's an improvement. No. I, I never liked the long, floppy hair. Um, he looks more adult now. Um, he's not quite acting more adult, but he does look more adult. Um, but yeah, it's I love the episode. Bendu was awesome. Tom Baker from Doctor Who, uh, perfect voice choice for that character. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. So how many Doctors back is he? He's the fourth Doctor. Is he the Which one with the stripy was scarf? Like how many years ago? So that would have been. He was from the seventies. He was a, okay, he was one of the doctors in the seventies. Yeah. So is that's he stripy scarf doctor? Yeah, he's the long scarf doctor. Long scarf. Okay, cool. Yeah, but um, I think Kay, Kay, you're a Doctor Who fan, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but Tom Baker. He's kind of like Bendu's kind of like the Doctor in a yeah, lot of ways. He's a really that, old uh, being who knows a lot of stuff. Yep. Yep. Um. And, and let me ask you that one episode was the was the curator is he the doctor in the future? I think so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, went off on a, went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, Teresa did want to do a poll of who has the best hair, the best mm-hmm. new hair, and um, we've got two for Kanan and one for Sabine so far in the chat. Two so. for Kanan and one for Sabine. So. Erish, <laughs> final thoughts anything we missed any anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up i'm just excited to see what's next I'm me too really really excited for the season me too I oh, had... the phantom are they getting the phantom back i think a lego set spoiled that i think there is a new phantom coming 
Shut up. There's a new Le- oh, there's a new Lego set, Phantom Lego set? Yeah, they, okay. somebody found a leaked image of a Phantom Lego set that includes a Thrawn minifig, so Oh, well. That would be Ooh. pretty cool. Got to get the Thrawn minifig. Yeah. Do I have to snag that, I guess. Uh now we've got 3 for Sabine, 2 for Kanan. So Sabine went it out. So Yeah, I say Sabine. The new ship is called the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. Teresa, final thoughts? Anything we missed? And uh, and I know you've got uh, a quick announcement to make. Yeah. So there were a few tweets from Star Wars and from Disney XD last night that were pretty good. One of them from Star Wars said, watch your step, hashtag Star Wars Rebels, and it was a gif of the ATDP falling off the ledge. Oh, that seems disrespectful. And then then Disney XD had one. And then Disney XD had a great one. The emoji was great. It said, "When your getaway ship gets away," and it had the like really wide-eyed emoji smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) And I tweeted at them, and I was like, "Okay, that made me laugh out loud because it was pretty funny." Nice. Um. also, I want to point out there is a poll on StarWars.com you can go and take, and it's what are you most excited for in Star Wars Rebels Season 3. 43% of the people who have voted, 8,866 votes, have said the Wrath of Thrawn. Mm. Nice. The closest one to the 43% is 14%, and it's Ezra and the Sith Holocron. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, there was one that said more mall, which I clicked on. Um, <laughs> of course but you anyway do. yeah and then i have a slight little announcement i'd like to make um yes me and steve put together rebel yelp but this season is going to be a little bit difficult for me i have some things going on personally so i may not be on every episode but rest assured i am not leaving the show but in my absence we will be having erish on to take my place um, Wait, so if what? I'm not here, <laughs> yo, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, so if I'm not here, it's not because Steve has replaced me. Um, it's just that I just couldn't be here. Well, so, they're, they're mighty ahead. big shoes to fill and I will, I'm honored to be asked and I will do my best to, uh, to fill them. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. I just have a bunch of stuff going on, so we'll just have to see. And you know what? And with since we're on Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell, we're not exactly sure what the form of Disney Vault Talk will be moving forward. Um, how many episodes we'll be doing, and when, and where, and all that. So we'll let y'all know when we know. But it's going to be cool. We're, Teresa will will keep the seat warm for you. But it's going to be fun doing uh, talking some Star Wars with Erish, and uh, and and um, we look forward to your swift return. Yes, as definitely. You, as you get things worked out, and uh, and we know that everything will be will be eventually okay for you, and we'll miss you. We'll miss <laughs> you so much. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So that is it. That wraps us up for this inaugural episode of season three, Rebel Yell. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us between shows about any of this stuff. You can tweet at Disney Vault Talk. You can email us, DisneyVaultTalk at gmail.com. No. Nope. What is it? Vault Talk at, at gmail.com. Vault Talk at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram now. We oh, are yeah. at Disney Vault Talk on Instagram. Yes. And uh, as well as, listen, any of the panel would love to hear from you. They all have different projects they're working on and different stuff they're doing. If you're into the footballs, uh, check out Arish and Joe on Mile Hot Tundra. You can find it at geekoutpodcast.com. If you're into the Doctor Who, Aaron, are you going to continue on with Bad Wolf Radio as we yes. move forward into the Doctor Who? Bad Wolf Radio still going strong. We just uh, posted full panel audio from Dragon Con of um, Arthur Darvel and Alex Kingston. So, All right. Uh, and where can people find that? Uh, that's at badwolfpodcast.com. Um, nice. And you can also find us on any iTunes. Just search Bad Wolf Radio. You'll okay. find us. All right. And, and Kay, you are like one of the most sought after people in podcasting and blogging today. What are some, of, what, nice to think. What are some of the things you're doing around lately? I, I am still on Hyperspace Theories. Um, and we're going to be doing our Force Awakens commentary soon. So that will, you can find out more about that at fangirlblog.com. It's also on iTunes and Stitcher and a variety of different podcatchers. Nice. 
All right, guys. Well, that is that's it. You can follow the Goliverse at Goliverse, and uh, I'm at Steve Glosson. Teresa is at Ice Cold Penguin. Eris is at Darth Duff. Aaron is at Av Goins, and K is at Geek underscore K. Yep. Yes. Is there a question mark at the end? Of I was that? making sure I had everyone's I don't right. Don't have a question mark in my Twitter handle. No, I was making sure that everyone's was right. And I'm really proud of myself for remembering that. So uh, we, we thank you guys for joining us live at Mixer.com slash Goldiverse. And for those of you who've downloaded the podcast via the podcast feed, we thank you so much. Until next time, for Arish, for Aaron, for Kay, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. We'll see you next time on Disney Vault. Uh, wait, what? what is what? this? Rebel what? Yell! Rebel Yell! Rebel Yell! May the Force be with you. I like the Ewoks talking at the end there. <laughs> we we went through a whole review of Star Wars Rebels and didn't. I don't think we mentioned Chopper once. Nope. Oh, well, we didn't talk about hair either. Like no hair, and no <laughs> Chopper. My favorite line from the episode, and I totally forgot to bring it up, was uh, when Sabine said Carabast. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yes, I forgot said. about that too. It's, yeah. I'm like still recording. I'm still recording. People will hear it. So. <laughs> that was such a good line. That was a great moment. That was I a loved. Great okay, but when when Hera did oh, her mama bear thing at the end, and she was like, "You did this, and you did this, and blah blah blah," and I was like, "Smack him upside the head, Hera! <laughs> Smack him!" <laughs> yeah, she put Ezra in his place. Are oh. you guys getting as tired of seeing Yon, uh, Hondo as I am? Oh no, no! I'm gonna have to cut that oh, no. out. <laughs> it's just like enough. He doesn't need to be in every other episode. <laughs> like there's a whole funny. galaxy for him to be pirating and smuggling in. I'm ready for Boba Fett to show up. Me oh, too. there it is. Me I said too. it. <laughs>